The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. But turn our attention to the champions. They're going for a third straight title. What is Manchester City's greatest challenge this season? Well, I think from the players' point of view, he's keeping up with Pep. I think he's, he's a driven individual. We know that. Winning the, the Premier League twice in the, on the spin, he'll be looking for three. Only Manchester United have done that before. Um, so he's got targets, no doubt about that. But when you hear him talking about the Champions League, it seems like the Champions League is the one for him this season. And that might be just what gives Liverpool a little bit of an edge if they have a season like they did last year to push City even further and to pinch it off them. But what do you think about that? Oh, well, we were saying that last year, that yeah. Champions League might be a distraction, <laughs> didn't really seem to affect them all that much. Listen, we know he was brought in to win Champions League, but winning three times in a row. Yeah. I mean, the Premier League, keeping the title like Manchester United did, it's special. Look at their bench. I mean, they could battle in, in both competitions. Aguero, I mean, Gundogan, their best player last year. We were just laughing about it. Bernardo starting yeah. on the bench. So, you know, Stones, Rodri, even Mares, who wasn't an all-time starter last year, there are players that can pick up their level so they can compete on both fronts. When you see the West Ham starting 11, as we just have, mm-hmm. is that as strong as you've seen them for a good long time? Yeah, it is. I think they've spent well this summer. Haller up front, as, as Graham said, looks a bit, a bit of a threat. He'll cause City problems today, but when you look right throughout the squad, big season again for, for Wilshire. If he can just stay fit, he's a player, but I'm not so sure he can stay that fit. I just hope so for his sake. Well, last two seasons, Arnautovic, their, their leading scorer, someone's got to pick up that production. Lanzini coming back from injury last year. If he can get to his best, maybe Aller can hit the ground running for them. Plenty more to come from the chaps here at Pitchside as it gets a little gloomier here. Rebecca will send it back up to the corner of the stadium, up to the studio. Back to you. Arlo, thank you. Robbie Earl, I'll start with you. Mm. Liverpool won last night, and a bit like last season, it was Liverpool win, then City won. City won, then Liverpool <laughs> mm. won. The pressure's already on City today, already. But normally, after day one, the pressure's on, I'd say. It's a bit ridiculous, Bex, but you're dead right, because the standard of those two is so high, there's no margin for error. If you have a bad August, you might lose you the title. They've got better players on the pitch, Conseo and Rodri make them better. Off the pitch, I just wonder, with Vincent Company not around, how does that affect the dressing room? Every Premier League title City have won, Vincent Company's been there. Rodri, in, mm. Fernandinho, that's evolution. This is the start, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, last year, Guardiola and City were linked with Jorginho. Obviously, he went to Chelsea. I think Rodri is the perfect fit for them. He's one of only three players in Europe's big five leagues to make 50, more than at least 50 successful tackles, as well as completing 90% of his passes. So he's quality. He's absolutely in the mould of Fernandinho. And today's his opportunity to really stake a claim for that central midfield position. Graham's bought his stats today. <laughs> uh, West Ham United, they were talking about a very strong lineup down their pitch side. They're a lot of people's dark horses, the Hammers. Yeah, they are. Lee and Carl both talking about them, saying how the balance in the team, they're very exciting going forward. I'm impressed with the back line. It's good balance in the team. And I think if they can get off to a good start, get Allah scoring goals, 
then they're a team to watch out for. Rob, you agree? Yeah, 10th last season with Beckett. They can go better than that. And I know they've got Manchester City today. I looked at their fixtures. Watford, Brighton, Norwich, Villa, games that, that are winnable. They've, every season, for the last six seasons, they've faced one of the big six teams. I think they'll go into today's game believing they might get something. But in the last few seasons, they have started very slowly, have West Ham United. That game is to come a little bit later on. Fascinating conversation going on in the yeah. studio while that was happening. Um, Graham, I'm going to come to you first. You're not happy about this, are you? Well, look, you can't argue with the science of it. He's offside. The red line shows that he's offside. The blue line shows that he's onside. What I'm concerned about is the principle. It's art versus science. Now, I like my science, OK? I'm not very good at art. <laughs> but at the same time, there wasn't one person, not a player from either side, not a fan in that crowd that didn't think that goal that was given offside, the beautiful goal that was created and finished by Jesus, was offside. And it was by an armpit. But it was, Graham. That, that's the important thing, isn't it? You're either on or you're off. You can't be just on or, or, or nearly on or nearly off. You're one or the other. And so, in some respects, the decisions were right. I agree with you. The decisions all felt right, Rebecca, but something doesn't feel right inside. Like, you look at the fans, you look at the players. Goal decision system came in, and we were wondering what would happen with that. I've never seen an argument, mm. and everybody's taken it. VAR, I thought, having gone to Stockley Park, we'd be saying, it's not going to be that intrusive. I think the fans will be. So having seen <laughs> what we've seen today, we could be heading down a really rocky road that, that changes the whole complexity an atmosphere in the stadium. And just quickly, the, the, the principle that all the clubs took around the offside decision before VAR was that if in doubt, you always favoured the attacker. You favoured the person, you gave the, the advantage to the attacker if, but if it was But the point is, there is no, no doubt. No, when, no, with there, is, offside, yeah, it, there, there is no doubt. But that it means is the principle has changed offside. as well. The principle of what they're trying to do has changed as well, and that hasn't been discussed. Did you enjoy the game less because of it? Absolutely yeah. I did, because yeah. I wanted to see the, the, the way City played, the way West Ham played, and all, all we're going to do now is talk mm. about the ramifications yeah. and the pros and cons of... Of VAR, the outcome five nil to Manchester City. What a great it result! It doesn't almost feel like City have had a great result. It, you know, five nil, the champions going for three times, winning, winning the, the title. Feels like VAR is a story today, and that's going to continue now into the next set of games. Robbie, we went to VAR yeah. headquarters, Premier yeah. League match centre in Stockley mm. Park earlier this week to be taught about this yeah. system. They did say they're going to be open to feedback. Do yeah. we feel some feedback oh. might be coming their way? <laughs> yeah. I'd get under the table, and, and an avalanche is coming their way. It. it I don't know why, Rebecca. We, we saw it happen in practice and we said, wow, this thing looks really good. We've seen it happen now in real, com real. competition and I think we've got a couple of problems to Well, you see now. the impact it has on the actual game and the, the atmosphere, atmosphere of the game. The studio. <laughs> it's day two of the season. Day two of VAR. Arlo, take it away. <laughs> Here we go. Rebecca, thank you very much indeed. Listen, we've been watching the game in the press room, haven't we? So we've been watching and, and trying to break down every single decision. Was this a case of VAR, which everybody signed up to, working perfectly? Yeah, I, I agree with... It's difficult to disagree with the boys in the studio, and I get where Graham's coming from with the spirit of the game, and absolutely, because when VAR was first thought about put it into Premier League. I was like, not sure about it. A bit of a traditionalist, bit like Graham. In that spirit of the game is more worth more than anything. But when she, once it's coming in, you know it's coming in, you, like Robbie said, you then have to go, did they get anything wrong? Is v, has VAR worked today? And quite rightly said, it has worked. Every single point that was went on today in that first half was correct. So the VAR guys are going to get some criticism. I think it's the same 
with anything that comes in new, the first time that people are looking at it, there's going to be an uproar. It just so happens we've had three or four incidents in one game. We didn't have that much last night at Liverpool, but now all of a sudden it, it, people are talking about it. So I get what it, the spirit of the game, it doesn't feel right sit, sitting here watching it right now, but they did get it right. Kyle. I'm a fan of, of VAR. I want it. I, I think it works right when used properly. And I just, I agree with Lee and Graham in that, VAR wasn't brought into the game for 100% accuracy. That's that's not what it's for. It's for clear and obvious errors. It's for the things that everyone in the stadium says, how did you miss that? Or And a referee sometimes misses these things, doesn't have the angle, doesn't have the view. It's not for these tiny little offside calls that took a great goal away that no one would have complained about if it stood. And it's just, even though that's factual... Although I ask, a human is setting that line off of a shoulder, determining where an arm ends and a shoulder begins. It's just, that's that's not what VAR was for. VAR but now was we've for, got I the can't ability, believe they got that wrong. Now we've got the ability to measure it. Yeah. What do we do? Because it's there. It is black and white. That's offside or onside. Well, but there's the, a millimeter But there is a not. human tracking that line off of two shoulders and, and making a decision, which can't have human error to it. Listen, we're getting stuck in the... It should, it should make us all feel better about the game. It should go quick. It should... You should deliberate for a second and clear up things that everyone knows was the bad call, not the things that no one knew was I the think bad it call. Will, I think it will in the end. It's in early days. Rebecca, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be referred to as a controversy. Is it controversial if it works? Anson Boone and the up-and-coming Susan Sarandon. Thank Everyone's you, really excited about what she's going to be doing on the big screen. So you guys filmed a movie together recently. Now you're going to football matches together. That's right. Yeah. You, you, That's dra- right. you dragged her to a football match. Oh, she's so excited. I'm delighted to be giving her a first now, football I'm experience. I'm really happy that I was here. This is such an amazing stadium, and it's so generous of you guys to make it happen. Lee's not happy that you guys well, are here. I can't believe it's bad parenting, I think. Obviously, you're now a Tottenham fan, and I can't believe oh, you haven't got a She's always been a Tottenham fan. Tottenham fan at home. <laughs> I just discovered that I was, but I always so was. You're, you're, get your red shirt later, don't Yeah, we got to get her to the Emirates. So you're, you're no stranger to sports arenas, diehard Rangers fan. What are your yes, first impressions here? Of- this is extraordinary. I mean, it's just so sleek and gorgeous and modern and so many people. I mean, 63, how many? 63? Something like something that. Something like that. Gorgeous. So gorgeous. A- a- Anson, have you taught her some, some chance? What, I mean, what? Have you set her up for what to expect today oh, yeah. as a Spurs fan? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. She's excited to see Don Bele play. She's looking forward to the new squad. And uh, she's excited to see him play Villa. They're a good side, I think. And, yeah, you're buzzing, aren't you? Yeah. Who's, your, who's your favorite player for Tottenham? For Tottenham? Yeah. Oh. I love Harry Winks, actually, but also Harry Kane. I mean, yeah. who doesn't love Harry Kane? If you're a Spurs fan, you love Harry anyone Kane. called Harry, really. Yeah, anyone funny. called Harry, yeah. <laughs> All the Harrys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so as we were walking in, Susan was wondering why Lee was getting uh, some stick from the fans. Can you can you help explain that to her? Oh, I mean, I mean, he's just disgusting. We, we hate him here. I mean, he's just harsh, like the worst <laughs> legend ever. Yeah, and so I think I think you guys are going to get ready to go enjoy a game. Have, have you, a European football match, have you you've been, I know in, in Italy you had gone one time. Years, another life time ago oh, I went to Italy but I mean the stadium was nothing like this and I and I don't think the fans were anything like this so I'm really looking forward and you've got to go FaceTime your grandkids right now. Right now. Yes. With you. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when honey, as my kids call call her, and, and mother-in-law is your hardest role to me. That's that's yeah. the one that's the difficult one to play. We're going to go FaceTime the kids. Lee's going to get some stick from the fans. Anson yeah. has a serious smile on I'm his gonna face. I'm going to join in. Yeah. And wants to see Harry. I think I see Harry Kane. Back's back up to you. Harry Kane, thanks so much for joining us so soon after the end of that game. How does it feel to score your first two Spurs goals in this stadium in front of the South Stand? Yeah, special. Uh, obviously, I uh, missed quite a few of the, the games last uh, back in the last year with, with injuries, so 
it was nice to come out start of the season and obviously get a couple of goals being able to celebrate in front of them so, uh, yeah been, been something I've been thinking about for a while so it's nice to get it done what was said at half time what was changed because it wasn't quite going your way in the first period was it yeah we kind of uh, we put Coco Lamella and, and Musa uh, further out wide when we had the ball I think that just created space for uh, us in the middle of the park and just higher tempo uh, more pressure press higher moved it quicker and uh, and then we was able to create chances from that and uh, once uh, Tangy got, got the goal it's kind of full throttle and put the pressure uh, right on and, and thankfully uh, it worked out in the end. How does Pochettino in the dressing room talk to you because we often see him very calm I mean after a first half like that which wasn't great and they played well Villa to be fair does he, was he, how is he animated how does he get to, yeah, to it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, he wasn't shouting and screaming. He was telling us how to deal with the counter-attack better as well. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of tells us how to improve. Uh, he, he obviously he trusts us and, and our ability on the pitch. So uh, once we go out, it's down to us to, to perform. And uh, like I said, we come out second half, and I just thought the energy was better. We, we won the ball back higher up the pitch, which allowed us to then create more chances. How, how are you feeling physically? You mentioned the injuries and obviously a lot of minutes with the World Cup last season. You s- seem really fresh. You don't even seem like you were sweating today. How are you feeling physically? <laughs> no, I feel good. Uh, obviously... Uh, I uh, had four weeks off in the off-season, which is the longest uh, I've had off in, in a while now. So I was able to kind of just relax and, and recharge and, and take it all in. And uh, I've had a, a good pre-season now. We've, we went away, been there from the start. And, uh, yeah, I feel good. So obviously it's just the first game. We're going to carry on building all, all of our fitness. But, yeah, so far so good. You mentioned Tangi. Tong, Tongi Ndombele, we believe, is the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, scored a terrific goal today. What does he bring, what you've seen in training and what you've seen out on the field? What does he bring to Tottenham? Well, I think he's a, he's a fantastic player on the ball. He's, he's not afraid to get the ball in, in tight spaces and, and twist and turn and kind of wrap, wrap balls into the, the number 10 spot. So uh, it's great for us to have someone who can who can play the ball forward as, as quick as he does. And uh, as you see today, he's got a great finish as well. So uh, he's been working hard. He's, uh, he's only going to get better and learn as, as he plays more of us. So... Uh, it's obviously a great start for him, so we're delighted. But what's the mood like in the dressing room? Because it obviously it was quite easy from the sidelines to see how much Ericsson changed the game when he came on with his, his style of play, etc. And obviously speculation about whether he's going to leave or not. What's the mood like with the players? Is it a bit of ribbon in the dressing room? Is it light-hearted? Or? Uh, yeah, it's light-hearted. I think from our point of view as, as players, uh, of course in football nowadays people are going to come and go and, and it's of course their decision what they want to do. But as long as when they play or train, they give 110%, that's all as, as players we can ask for and, and like Christian done today he come on uh, he, he got the ball he, he made things happen and uh, without the ball he, he worked very hard as well so uh, from our point of view as players that's, that's the most important thing is that when you wear the shirt you give it everything well let's, let's just assume you keep Christian Eriksen you've made some additions you're in this beautiful new stadium what's the, what's the belief like with the team right now where you've kind of just been keeping pace and one of the most consistent teams in the Premier League but two clubs ahead of you have been accruing a tremendous amount of points is there belief you catch up with those squads yeah of course it's belief you have to go into to every season with belief I think uh, we've done very well last year kind of hanging on to, to the top of the table until kind of uh, past Christmas and then we fell fell behind uh, for one reason or another so it's important that yeah obviously they set the standard uh, yesterday and obviously early kickoff today uh, with the with the, the style that they won as well so yeah from our point of view we just got to win games and, and see where that takes us uh, of course they're two great teams but we're a great team as well so we have huge belief in ourselves
Harry Carr mentioned the stadium, which is also obviously an NFL venue as well. Um, we know you're a huge fan. Talk us through how you got into the Patriots, your your respect for Tom Brady, who incidentally you'll be watching him September the 8th. First Sunday night football is Steelers at the Patriots. Talk us through how you really got into it and what you respect about it. Well, it was probably when I was about 17, 18, I was on loan and uh, things weren't going great for me. And it, I just stumbled uh, across kind of a, a documentary about him on YouTube about how he was kind of, uh, yeah, people don't believe in him and he, no one expected him to do what he'd done. And uh, yeah, just watching how he done that and rose to the top, uh, gave me belief in myself. So from then I've been massively into NFL and obviously chose the Patriots for that reason. And uh, yeah, been become friendly with a few of the players. And of course they've, they've had quite a successful- You were at the Super Bowl, weren't you? Yeah, I was at the Super Bowl. I was, well, I was <laughs> unlucky to be injured, but uh, I kind of made the most of it by, by going out there. And uh, yeah, obviously Patriots won. I was able to spend some time with, with him after. So uh, yeah, just appreciate kind of the way he works and, and the manner that he's done it for so many years. You know who you're playing on October the 5th, don't you? No. Brighton away, then the next day it's Bears Oakland here. There you go. I'll, I'll, be, back, I'll, be, back you know I'll be back for that. <laughs> I know that one. I don't know who, who is that. Congrats on Harry, the Thank you very much indeed. Cheers, Absolutely you. terrific. And well done on getting the two goals today. We'll Cheers. take that off you, Harry. Thanks very much. Harry Kane, ladies and gentlemen, England International. Uh, he's one of their own. That was the chance at the end of the game, and we're going to. Bring Dean Smith in now, friends with uh, Robbie Musto. Musty, come and join us on the set here. Hello, Dean. Arlo, you're live on American television here on NBC. Uh, you know what? Why don't you grab Harry Kane's old microphone? No there you problem. go. Um, Dean, the first half, absolutely terrific. The onslaught came in the second half, didn't it? Did anything surprise you out there today? No, not really. I mean, the game didn't go, obviously, as, as, as you would, would have planned. Uh, I thought we gave them a little bit too much um, possession of the ball. I thought we were a little bit loose on the ball, especially second half. And if you end up chasing the ball, you know, that long uh, against a team like that, you know, it becomes hard. And I, I thought the physicality of, of them in the last 10, 10, 15 minutes was, you know, the, the telling part of the game. Is there a feeling in that dressing room, though, although beaten today, that you can compete in this league? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Tottenham, the Champions League finalists from last season, they're a, they're a fantastic team with really good players, and you can see they're very well coached as well. Um, you know, our, our game plan was to let the centre backs have it. Um, you know, I've been a centre back myself, and I just feel that they're the, the unlikely ones to hurt you. And first half, I thought it went to plan. I thought our defensive organisation was really good. Um, they've missed a couple of chances, but we've, you know, had a couple of chances to go 2 0 up. Um, you know, so yeah, we're, we're disappointed, but we'll take an awful lot from the performance. Recognise this fella? I certainly do. <laughs> 15 years ago, <laughs> playing together. Yes. You've, you've got a great CV, but surely he's a blot on the coffee board. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, he came round and he enjoyed a few of my missus meals. Um, Lovely. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much, mate. No, but we had a good time there, didn't we? At we Sheffield did have Wednesday. A good time. It was only, it was good only time a short there. period, wasn't it? But it was good. So, what was it like? Tell me, Premier League manager, the first game today, what does it feel like for you? No, do you know what? I was really excited. I wasn't nervous or, you know, I. We've got a really good set of players. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody talks about us spending really big, but that was a necessity. We had to. Yeah. We lost 15 players at the end of the season, nine players we released, and six players who were on loan went back to their parent clubs. So we had to, whether it was a championship team or a Premier League team, we had to change. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, but we had a good, really good plan of what we was going to do, and I'm really happy with with the players that we've got. We've kept the core of the team. You know, that back four that played today, three of them, you know, Engels was coming, but three of them, yeah. we only conceded 11 goals in the last yeah. 15 games last season, and I thought our defensive organisation again was really good. You said about a physicality that of Tottenham towards the end of the game. How do you improve your physicality against a team that good? I think we have to keep the ball a little bit better because yeah. the more you chase it, the tighter mm -hmm. you get, and I just think that we kind of fell into a trap where whenever we won the ball back it was like we had to go and score and you know we, we gave the ball away and ended up having to to chase a lot more than we we really needed to but you know they're a really good team and they were the far superior team in the second half and you know deserve to win. Mm. Dean for those watching on NBC perhaps not familiar with Aston Villa because you've been missing for three seasons from the top flight you're a Villa fan they are an enormous football club from the second largest city in England what is it like being in charge of your boyhood club here in the top flight. I mean, it, 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 I'm not going to go all gooey and say it was, it's a dream, but you know, it's it's a fantastic job. I mean, you know, I wanted to play for Aston Villa when I was a boy, but you know, I wasn't good enough to get to that level. Um, you know, ended up playing in the lower leagues. Uh, you know, but coaching-wise, I started at 27, 28, and you know, I've worked my way up, and I feel like I've deserved, you know, the chance to to go and manage in the Premier League, but. For, to get chosen, you know, by the board to take over at Aston Villa as the, the head coach last season was, was um, you know, a great achievement for me. But I also know what comes with that: the expectation of the supporters, the, the history of the club, and the size of the club. And we done fantastic last year. We broke a, we broke a record that stood for the whole history of the club in winning 10 games on the spin, and then getting promoted. And we really believe that we can go and you know compete in this league this season. Well, you've earned your your place at the top table. We're going to be very interested in watching you go and if you ever need a home-cooked meal the mustos there's an open invitation up in connecticut lovely part of the uh, world there dean thanks yeah. a lot for joining us thank we you really very much appreciate it all the major incidents seemed to be crammed into one game at the london stadium didn't they robbie were you happy with the way that var administered that game yes Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things on this. I think the subjective stuff in general throughout yesterday and on Friday, um, I thought the bar they've talked about being a high bar to change the on-field decision, I think it was absolutely right. We had a couple of handballs and fouls that the, the VAR agreed with the match officials on the day. The offside is the, the part that people are getting a little bit upset about with some people, but right now, <laughs> level, including Graham You're about to talk to one. Yeah. I'm not upset. <laughs> le le level, level is onside. Yeah. So if you're not level, it's offside. Technology is there right now, Arlo, to, to help determine whether that player is just past. And I'm afraid there is a, a minute line that we're all working to, whether he's on and whether he's off. So as it is right now, I thought it did an excellent job. Is it perfect with, the, with the, the ugly dotted thick lines? No, but I thought it did a pretty good job. You've got a stone-cold heart. <laughs> Data and got. facts, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, look, you're a VAR advocate, Graham. Let's get yeah. that out of the way first. But you've expressed concerns before today and before yesterday about mm. it. Did that game illustrate those concerns for you? Well, it did in the sense that, you know, we talk about the, the, the principles of the game and... and the, and the, the art of the game and the goal that we saw I think was a perfect example of beauty versus the beast in the sense that you've got the beautiful goal and then you've got this ugly for me process of proving that somebody's offside by a millimetre so I think you, I'm not arguing with the facts you cannot argue with the facts the line shows that he's offside he's offside I thought VAR worked brilliantly for the encroachment on the penalty no problem with that that was he was in by a yard and a half mm. no problem with that what I'm talking about is when you take away the element of human error. Nobody made a mistake. 
Nobody thought that was a, an offside decision. Anyone in the stadium, none of the Man City fans or the West Ham fans, uh, players. And, and for me, at that point, we've got to increase the margin of error. That's so a... that assists then the decision when it's, when it's clear that the assistant has, for some reason, missed something that's a bit it, more obvious. It's an interesting point that Graham raises because we're, at the moment, who knows what will happen on the field today with VAR, but we're distilling it down to offside right now. That right. appears to okay. be the debate yeah. about whether it's a millimetre offside or not. Right. When the law was first introduced, it wasn't about catching people a millimetre offside, was it, Robbie? Yeah, so the, so, the, the law, so should the law, the law be tweaked now well, to take care of the fact, okay. to cater for the fact that VAR's okay. in? So if you change the law to say, you know what, you've got to be at least six inches offside, well, we're still going to get to the six-inch line. You know, is he a little bit? Is li- it's a little bit offside? There's a bit okay. of a benefit yeah, of the going to be there. a line. There's always mm. going to be a line, Arlo. Wherever you put it, there's yeah. going to be a line, and that's what technology is trying to help with. Whether it's level or whether it's has got to be air between the two players, there's always going to be a line of like, well, where is that that on-off part? Mm. <laughs> but if we can get to a point where we all look at it and go, well, yeah, he is offside, rather than going, oh, blimey, I can't see how thick this line is, <laughs> yeah. then I think we're improving. So it's about evolving the system. Yep, I think we'll agree to disagree then, Rebecca. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Arlo, thank you. Well, there's no doubt about it. I did tell you that it was making the headlines, and we've actually nipped out and had a look and got some of the Sunday papers today. It's making the back page of all of them. I have to say we've got the Mail on Sunday, Sunday Mirror as well. Uh, this one's the Sunday Express, and I could go on. Um, Kyle, you also are an advocate of technology helping out the referees. What's concerning you, though, this morning? Well, how it's being used. I, I like VAR, and I think the majority of, of the times it's been used this season, it's worked. And in many scenarios, even in the Women's World Cup, where people were critical of it, it, it worked. It, it's just an inappropriate application when you're using it to, to decide things that have not only fractions of an inch to decide, but have human error baked mm. into them. I'll tell Graham, and we're on the same side, I'm going to argue the facts right now. The fact that we're looking at an image that's blurry, that's diagonal, which creates an optical illusion, and there's someone in a match center setting a point on a shoulder and guessing where that line is, that's not accuracy. And so we have to remember that VAR was brought in to get rid of the mistaken identity. He's off by three yards. That actually hit his hand. That was actually in the box. Not this, can you look really closely and see if he's offside? I mean, the baseline is through the lens of the referee, not, not the camera. I mean, through a microscope, everything is clear and obvious. So that's where I have a problem where that just didn't feel right. They took away this beautiful goal based off of, I think, something that we're all guessing. Is that factually correct? If you have goal line decision system for offside, then I say, that's science. He's offside. That's, that's no problem. But that just didn't feel right the way they used it. Because clear and obvious doesn't link to offside and onside because people are saying onside and offside is is black and white but it's not is it Lee? because it's still a human being in the premier league match center who is deciding where to put that line so you're just passing on to another level of subject subjectivity to another human being yeah and i think that's that's what it boils down to i'm not sure the fans are looking at it like that i think they will see those lines as as blotching and not quite as clear as we'd all like they'll look at them and go okay the computer's set them but we we know from having spoken to them, I been there, them. And, and asked those questions and tried to set those parameters on where the line is, etc. But I think it's a bigger picture for me, the, the, the can of worms things really jumping out. We're now in, in week one and we're already got, we're concentrating on the game. And, and you could see, you could really see, I think, Sterling's celebrations as, as this hat-trick went on get less and less and less, which, with Graham's point, is, is killing the art and the passion of the game. And I think that's something that's more scary this weekend than anything for me is that the first weekend, oh yeah, it'd be fine, we've had World Cups, we've had Women's World Cups, we've had the, the, the view, all of a sudden now it's, it's 
it's the Premier League and now we're going, oh, I, I'm not so sure now. And we're starting to question everything. And I think the bigger picture is quite a scary well, place. And, and referees get about 95% of offside calls right. Mm. And so now you're bringing in human error on something that wasn't even a huge problem already. Um, I have my phone in my hand because I was texting with Mike Tirico, of course, the NBC host of um, Sunday Night Football just last night because Name he drop. was watching us yesterday. <laughs> um, and he was saying that, look... It will expand, it will contract, it will adjust, he says. And in the end, sometimes for some people it may never feel right. But in the end, it will work at the end of the day. It just takes getting used to. Are you willing to get used to it? Well, it works. Well, it doesn't work. Choice. It will work <laughs> It just takes feeling, time to though, work it. You'll get used to the feeling. I don't, fans think, will get used to it. I don't think I'll get used to the feeling forever. Well, American fans are definitely used to it because in all their other sports, they're sitting there watching video yeah. replays with yeah. referees anyway. Here we are in the hallowed home dressing room at Old Trafford. And it's, it's got us thinking really, Rob, hasn't it? Yeah. When you think of the legends that have got changed and exited this dressing room down the years, even if you just go back to the 60s, yeah. we're, we're going to pick a top five. There's just one name that has to be there. It's the number seven. It's the coolest man ever to play football. It's George Best. My dad used to tell me all about Sir Bobby Charlton, who he saw play live, the captain of the England 1966 side. Brian Robson, Captain Marvel. He was my idol growing up, managed to play against him a couple of times. Eric Cantona, mm -hmm. he ran the show at Old Trafford. One more spot left, some great names, Ronaldo, Scholes, mm -hmm. Beckham. I've got to go for a simpler, Ryan Giggs. Five fantastic mm -hmm. names, but Lee, we know you still have flashbacks to Villa Park. <laughs> United win by four goals to nil. Kyle, which side have you learnt more about today? Chelsea or United? Manchester United. We, we know this is a project for, for Chelsea, not only an inexperienced manager. I don't mean that to disrespect Frank Lampard did a great job and, and Jamie Chip. It's a different world taking over a club he cares so much about with the expectations, but also a transfer ban and losing their best player. Manchester United today, um, they, they at times looked a bit off the cuff and a bit disorganized, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean that as a criticism, but there was a relentless pursuit of the ball and, and possession and playing vertical and dangerous on the counterattack, and that's exactly what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was asking for from his team. Boy, did they produce today. Excellent performance. Lee, before the game, we talked, and you talked actually, about recreating the spirit of Manchester United that, of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows so well. And you said to me, I believe... His plan is going to work in that area. Today, you said, that is spirit. Well, you know me not to get carried away with stuff, and it's the first game of the season, but there were signs today of the way they played, the way they broke, but the spirit. After goals, we see this. And it's easy to do huddles. If they don't mean anything, then they're pointless. McTominay then, we go again, we go again. It's 3-0, there again. The players are all in there. They want to celebrate together. They want to enjoy these moments. There's a connection with the fans that perhaps wasn't there a couple of years ago. All of a sudden, Manchester United are starting to become a bit of a force today. They've got to keep that going. They've got youth. The experience will come with that. They've got some experienced players in there too. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing a good job with this team right now. But again, let's not just get too carried away. One result, but what's performance? Yeah. Politics day for you, Carl, when he came on. Well, it, it, you can't say that it was a bad performance. It's just not what he was hoping for, not what the Chelsea fans were hoping for or Frank Lampard was hoping for. You saw moments of what he's capable of. You saw him want to take over the game and control it. Uh, you would have liked to see him from the beginning when they were kind of controlling the game and finding players in good spots. But you, you would think the Chelsea fans know yeah. they've got a good player. And Paul Pogba was probably saying the same thing. Big yeah. price tag, I know what that feels like. You're a good player, just just. Hold on. Uh, absolutely. A difficult situation for him to come on to. But there was, there was signs there that he's a very, very good player and he'll, he'll get better and better the more he plays.
Rebecca, thank you. Rebecca in our studio, Daniel. Welcome to the pitch side desk, by the way. Congratulations. Debut goal in front of the Stretford End. She just said you're living the dream. It must feel like that right now for you, right? Yeah. Um, well, um, to score here on my debut, do you know what I mean? You couldn't write it. I think coming on, um, it was just about going out there and enjoying myself. If you get the opportunity, just make sure you take it. And thankfully, I did today. Let's just clarify. That was your first game ever at Old Trafford, right? Yeah, I've never played here before. That was my first game, so... So what is that <laughs> What bad. is that feeling like to score a goal in front of the Stretford End? You must have dreamt of it ever since you signed during the summer from Swansea. Yeah, I think you do. Um, to score here anyway, but to, to do it on my debut, I think, as you showed me a celebration, I really don't mean it. Well, I was a bit excited, but... You can yeah. see it there on the screen right in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> Little deflection, but Little it was deflection. going in anyway, Daniel. Yeah, I think it? I'd take them all day. Um, <laughs> well, it was interesting, though, because it, it, if it had gone through Emerson's leg, yeah. it was on it probably would have gone in, yeah. could have gone in that near post, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think, obviously, the first touch, I think some people would have said it's a dummy, but I think the ball got away from me a bit. Um, do you know what I mean? That celebration was pure emotion for me. Um, just delighted. That photograph, that's still of you celebrating with yeah. that behind you. It's yeah. gonna, that's going to be in your above your fireplace in your in your living room yeah. at home. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was something. Do you know what I mean? I think about me show me when I finish my career. Um, but but to do it here, uh, I think the fans were amazing today. Um, I think the game, do you know what I mean, started to took a while to get going. But once we did, we showed what we've been working on in pre-season, and uh, yeah, we played really well today. What did Ollie say to you before you came on? He just said, uh, just go out and enjoy it. Do what you've been doing in pre-season. Work hard. Uh, if you get the opportunities, then uh, make, sure you, make sure you take them. And, and thankfully, I did today. There's a sense that this new United kind of team this season is going to be young, quick. There's a lot of pace in it. Yeah. What's the spirit like? What's the spirit like been in the, in the pre-season and, and the last kind of week leading up to this game with all the, the new players, etc., into the squad? Yeah, I think uh, me, myself, and I think all the other boys that have joined have all settled in well. Um, I say Harry's only just joined, but he settled right into the team. Uh, I think these the boys have been great with everyone that's come in. Um, we've shown today uh, what we're like on and off the ball, um, and what we're doing what we're doing in pre-season, um, and that's do you know what I mean. We've continued that winning streak, and that's all it's, what it's about. So. And do you feel coming into this into this new squad, the new team? How's it affected you? What are the things you've noticed? The differences: different standard, different pace, different in, uh, intensity in training. Yeah, I think uh, training is obviously going to be a lot. I mean, a lot more physical. Um, you showed today, I don't mean I played 30 minutes, but it was, it was tough out there today. Um, I think we're a fit team. I think we've done a lot in pre-season. Uh, we've shown that we've, we've run teams off the park, and that's what it's about. Um, the gaffers, do I mean, done a lot of, re- lot of research with his, his backroom staff of, of how we can be the best out on the pitch, and I think that showed today. So you're 21 years of age. Um, we've been to Swansea quite regularly in our Premier League before, before the relegation. Yep. Lovely family club. Yeah. This is on an entirely different scale. Yeah. What would you say the key differences are between being a Swansea City player and now a Man United player? Um, with, the, with, with what you said, family club, uh, I think Swansea's, I mean, a little, I mean it's not, not as big, but I'd say this is a big family club. Um, I think you, you ask all the fans, you ask all the players, and they will all say that. Uh, all the backroom staff, all, all close, everyone knows each other, and uh, I think that's important. Um, but I think going away in pre-season, playing in, in, in places like China... Um, places like Singapore, it shows how big the club is, and, and you really, you really feel it when you're out there. And to come out here today in front of these fans is, is amazing. You really, you really feel that. Before coming on and before scoring the goal, was there a moment since signing when you thought, "Wow, I'm a, I'm a Man United player"? <laughs> you know what? I, I think of it every day before I go to bed. Uh, pinch myself really to, to be here. It's an honour. It's an honour for me to be here, and do I mean for to come on today and, and to score that? Really, do I mean it? I don't think we'll ever settle in. So. On the, on the right hand side there, Daniel, I know you came off the bench today. Of course, you want to be a starting player. Yeah. 
That right side with Aaron Wambasaka behind you there, give yep. us a little insight about what it could be like playing with him on that right-hand side. Is that what you aspire to do, and that's your favourite role over there? Um, I think, I mean, I'm happy to play wherever. Uh, I think the gaffer said it, and uh, I've said it before, I, I'll play anywhere across the, across the front Where three. Where do you prefer to play? Um, no, I mean, as long as I'm in the team, I, I'm I come on right today, and obviously I went to the left as well, and I think uh, even if I had to play up front as well, I've got to learn all them roles, and I think that's important now. Um, but Aaron showed again yeah. today how good he is going forward and going behind. I don't think many people, many people go past him, to be fair. If they do, he gets his legs there, so... Um, <laughs> I mean, me, me and Aaron play a lot over, over pre-season. We've got, do you know what I mean, a good thing there. But obviously, if I come on today, I've got to be ready to, to play anywhere. So, Daniel, many congratulations. What a Thank fantastic you. debut for you. Thank you very much for joining us. We Thank really appreciate it. All the best for the rest of the Thank season. You very much. Thank you. Frank, yeah, a tough opening day at the office, I suppose. The start of this new era for Chelsea with, with you in charge. The game started really well. Where did it eventually then go against you? Well, at half-time, um, it was a difficult team talk because I know they're doing so well. It was like, continue what we're doing. I felt that we would uh, get back into the game if we carried on playing the way we were. We'd hit the post, we'd hit the bar. We had multiple chances around the box, which probably our final decision, our final pass wasn't right. Um, but we felt really comfortable in terms... Although you know there's a threat with Manchester United with a counter-attack always. So uh, it turned on 2-3-0. and three nil. Uh, Individual mistakes critical mistakes that they were very clinical in putting away changed the game I think we're controlling it for 60 minutes all of a sudden 2-3-4-0 is very easy for them to play then and with the uh, sticking with the first half mm. obviously the intensity was incredible I saw you was watching you you, you were can't trying to slow them slow the decision making down a little mm. bit get a little bit more controlled do you think it's a difficult switch for the players to make that that intense pressing and then having that calmness and, and the final passes, just making those decisions. Maybe, maybe we work on that. We work on that. The moments to press when you're really high intensity, the moments where you have to be, you know, less intense without the ball because you can't do it for 90 minutes. And of course, you, as you say, you have to have the switch where you get the ball and be calm to make the decisions. I have to give the players a bit of leeway because when you talk about young players here, this is a big stadium. There's a lot of pressure, and sometimes that decision might be slightly off. And I think we have to. That will be a work in progress for us. But I thought. Performances in the first half of Mason Mount, of Tammy being a nuisance, uh, of Pedro, of the Georgino and Kovacic in midfield run the game in the first half. Um, so there was lots of good stuff. It's quite hard to talk about it too much because the lost 4-0, it can sound like you're, you're getting it wrong. But there were, there were positives which you do have to take. But the, the defining factor of me of the game is the mistakes that we made, which led to their goals. Frank, we're just um, thinking about the intensity of that first half. We expected, and I expected, Christian Pulisic to start on the left-hand side. Willian's not quite right yet. You needed somebody out there. Just give us your thoughts on, on the process of the team selection today. Uh, well, it, uh, there's been some standout players in pre-season, and Ross and uh, Ross Barkley and Mason Mount have been two of them. Christian's had some good, good moments as well. And I just felt that uh, coming to Old Trafford, the type of game it was, I knew we needed bodies in midfield because it's a, it's, a, it's a busy area for them. They had a lot of players who potentially they could play a diamond, but I know that. So Ross coming off the line and being a bit of stability in midfield and around midfield, I thought would be good for us. Uh, and I didn't think it worked that badly in the mm. first half. And, and I always felt with Christian, he's going to be a big player for us for sure. And coming on at the 50, 60, 70 minute mark would have been a nice injection for us. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work that way. If we'd have been maybe the two goal, two goals, uh, that we should have scored uh, up to a half-time and come out for the second half, and then you bring him on, it could be perfect yeah. for him. It didn't quite work today. I'm sure you're going to learn every single day. What did you learn today, Frank, about your team? Well, I liked a lot of it, and it's difficult at 4-0 to say that. I, I, I really didn't like the mistakes. We've made some pre-season 
um, and and they're hard to to work with because they can come and, and you know it's, it's hard to train against individual errors sometimes but for sure we can do that you can't play a high line when, it, when Paul Pogba has his head up he's going to play over the top and Rashford you're not going to catch yeah. so there are things that we can certainly work on and improve so there are, there are big positives and some really um, strong negatives that we know this is the Premier League if you are going to make those mistakes they can be fatal they were fatal today um, but I want the players to have their heads up because there was some good stuff there and we need to keep positive as well Cool. Another major change, Frank, Frank, in the Premier League. There's more interviews to do. I think you're only half done, I but know. we really appreciate it uh, so close no to the problem. end of the game. No Thanks problem. very it's much indeed. Thank yeah, you. Cheers. cheers. Thanks cheers. a lot, Frank. Thank you very much. Frank Thank Lampard, um, losing manager today, but an exciting era a bit about to start at Chelsea. Rebecca. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.